I thought we could like what? flow into something. My bad. Welcome to Mediator Monthly. I'm Kat. I'm Herman. <laughs> so apparently, your dentist can tell if you've sucked dick or not. Which is very interesting. And you said there was like a scientific term for it. I don't know what it is. Would that imply that like there's like 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 gross stuff in the back of your throat, and that's what makes it identifiable, or is it like? the structure like how hmm, i remember it. i learned it from a tiktok it was this uh, young man who was asking his mom he was like if you do the the glock glock 9000 then can can you tell can you um see if this person has engaged in the dick sucking so i don't know what the scientific term is let me see if i can find it oh yes i found it tiktok <laughs> You were dental hygienist, right? You don't have me on camera, do you? No, you're not on camera. You were dental hygienist, right? I just saw a TikTok that said dentists can tell if a girl is given, like, the Glock Glock 3000. Oh, yeah. You can? Oh, totally. Seriously? Yeah. How? Well, there's some things we just keep secret in the profession. But you can? Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) And I found the scientific term. It's called palatal petechiae. It shows the bruises in the back of your throat. What? So that, then you would have to be, like, really going down then. Like, not, like, just, like, I don't know, shallow sucking or anything. Oh, yeah. It would be, like, yeah, hardcore. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Bio-IA topic? Bio-IA topic! <laughs> so science oh fair goodness. project? I am going to the dentist in, in like, four days. I'm really? I'm in between, though. Also, I'm not supposed to suck dicks, like, like because my jaw has problems, and so I'm not supposed to, like, chew gum or do, like, any overactive jaw movement. Really? Yeah, and so there's, like, a bunch of funny things that I do, like, during during sleep time and during the daytime to keep my jaw from, from overexerting itself, and I'm pretty sure one of the things that you're not supposed to do is suck a dick. So... My future is very strange looking to me right now. <laughs> By doctor's orders. By doctor's orders, technically. Oh, God. That would be so bad if you were in the in the act and then <laughs> your yeah. jaw just locked. Yeah, because the risk here is that your jaw might lock and um, not like, like lock jaw, like, um, like the tetanus issue, but like your jaw will literally lock into place for several hours until you can massage it back into place. Okay. And so I'm just imagining like sucking someone's cock and then your, your jaw just like being stuck there for hours and the type of repercussions that you would face and potentially having to call a doctor and be like yo my jaw my jaw's just stuck right now and they're gonna be like what were you doing and i was just I was sucking a dick and that's so embarrassing i mean they would see it in front of their, in front of them if they had to if they had to undo it yeah undo your jaw yeah. Call the paramedics. Yeah, you ever think about the privileges that you have and the privileges that you don't have and what I don't have? <laughs> oh God, with a working jaw. Yeah. But you did say that um, if you were to if you were to do the dick sucking, you would it would be like the guy is horizontal, so mm-hmm. it would be like you would be the goddess, and like it's, so it's not like. Yeah, and demeaning. I was we were talking about that with Jan the other time, and the the idea of. I guess dignity and the the loss of it if you're sucking someone off and I don't know I I've been thinking about that more often not that I have anybody's dick to suck in the first place but just like in general and the idea of dignity there but it's I mean it's not like degrading it's just like that's what I was an thinking act at of like first. giving pleasure and then there are other ways you can receive pleasure yes where it would be the same like thing for him where it's like he's not getting much out of it. Right, and it wouldn't be like necessarily a loss of dignity, I don't think. Would it be? 
I mean, it's it's sex. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Is sex in itself a loss of dignity if you're giving yourself? Yeah, I don't know. Person? I feel like my lack of experience is just, is just shining through right now by how much I don't know. But, um, yeah. We're both virgin-y virgins. Very virgin. I'm an adult virgin right now. It sucks. Adult virgin in the car right now. It sucks so much. <laughs> Why does it It sucks. I just feel so so lonely. I have no idea how to love someone is my, my main thought right now. And I was thinking, no. oh, to, to express all the love that you have. And just, like, be able to show that to someone is something that I yearn for at this point. I don't even oh. care if I am loved. I just want to give it to someone. Yeah, but you do love people. You love your friends, I your do. family. I write them little letters sometimes. Yeah, you, you show a lot of love. Oh, love. Gross. <laughs> is, is that an ick thing? An ick? <laughs> to hear? Why? <laughs> when people are like, ooh, baby, I love you. And it's like, what? Is it really? No, no, I like it. It's cute. And then, there's no bitterness at all, none whatsoever. And yeah, with the degradation thing, there's another way you could look at it. So, like earlier in the episode with Jen, we were talking about the podcast "Call Her Daddy," and the host of that podcast, Alex Cooper, her trademark is the Gluck Gluck Nine Thousand, which is like her special technique to suck a man off. So then, like her whole like shtick on it is that, like, this is a situation where like she's in control, like the ball is in her the ball hands. <laughs> The singular ball. It's, it's her ballpark. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. That's the way that I was thinking about it. But, um, I mean, again, no experience. Limited jaw motion. Limited uh, jaw motion. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I've always thought about it in my, my very, very time-to-time thoughts. But, I don't know. Mm. What, like, developed the jaw problem? Um, clenching. Because I... So I sh- it started like a while back and I would just like clench all the time out of, out of like anxiety and nervousness. And apparently it happens a lot to young women between the age of 18 and 28. So that's kind of where I am now. But um, I used to like have a lot of issues with my teeth and I would be like stressed out. And so I would be like, oh, I guess maybe if I just like clench my jaw right now and like feel my teeth to know that they're all there. It's just like it calmed me for some reason. So I just like keep on clenching it. And then in August of last year, I started. I couldn't like open my mouth beyond a couple of inches because the pain was too bad, and so I was like, "Ooh, that, that can't be normal." And I thought it was wisdom teeth problems, but it wasn't. And so they were like, "Bro, your your jaw muscles are like that of a forty year old. You got to stop doing that. No more chewing gum. No more like extensive jaw motions. Um, like put on heat packs when you can, like over the counter and whatnot." And it's definitely gotten better, but I still do um, have some problems when I'm more stressed out, but. Oh, like when you have an an assignment due, an IA due. Mm-hmm. Or like sometimes I'll just like wake up and I, I I'll realize that I clenched the entire night, and um. But I'm getting better at that, so because um, now I'm I'm more of a day clencher than a night clencher. Interesting. I think my mom has that problem. Really? She clenches her jaw in the night. Apparently, Freddie Mercury had that problem, and that's why mm. he had such a defined jaw and like. Buck, those buck teeth. Mm-hmm. And I also have buck teeth and a, and a relatively defined jaw at certain angles, but other angles not so much. But I do clench a lot, and I think that correlates to other parts of my, my face. 
I feel like I have such an overbite. Like you have like, such nice teeth. You have such a nice face. Your proportions you. are so good. Thank you. Uno reverse. Uno reverse. <laughs> Herman. Uno reverse. But like my teeth, I don't know. It, like when I clench my jaw, it feels like I have such an overbite. You no. I mean, but you're then, supposed to have like a minor overbite to be healthy. I think or not really? healthy, but like normal. Yeah. We could ask our dentists this. Mm-hmm. And whose dick have you been sucking? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have to go. I have to, like, report my, my TMJ problems. I had another thought. Oh, this is not related to TMJ, but it's related to, to facial structure and whatnot. My mother keeps on telling me, you should get laser surgery to fix your skin. And, like, it's been been messing with me a little bit. Yeah, it is kind of weird if your mom tells you to get that, because, like... You're supposed you're to love like, me and, and yeah. the way I look and everything, but instead she wants me to get cosmetic surgery. Yeah, because usually it's like the daughter goes to the mom and it's like, can I have a nose job? And then the mom's like, no, your nose is fine. But your nose is fine. It's such a good nose. But everyone's skin is fine. Your skin is fine. We we are all teenagers. We all have acne and fluctuating hormones that affect your skin. It'll go with time. Yeah. I wonder like how much a cosmetic surgery would change it. Like a whole dermatologist procedure? Yeah, I don't know, because she wants me to go to Korea to do it, because she doesn't trust American cosme- cosmetic surgeons as much. And all of my cousins have gotten, like, like monolid to double-lid surgery. And the my youngest cousin was, like, 14 when she had that procedure done. Damn. And it was, like, a middle school graduation present, which is pretty messed up. A middle school graduation present? Mm-hmm. Damn. It was cosmetic surgery. Wow, and the parents pay for it. Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, not gonna lie, like, the Korean, like, skin techniques, whatever they do, it seems so nice. Like, the glass mm-hmm. skin thing. Like, the amount of, like, videos on how to get, like, Korean, like, level glass skin. It's, like, te- like blemish texture-free. Yeah. It seems, like, That would stress me out, like, seeing everybody whose <laughs> skin's just, like, porcelain. Oh, yeah, that would be a weird world to live in. Yeah, I like looking at, like, people's blemishes and, like, the different shades. And I think it's cute when people have tan lines for some reason. Tan <clears throat> lines? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm always trying to get rid of mine, but... Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You love to tan in the beach and get rid of your tan lines. I do, but I always create new ones every time I go. <clears throat> and also my voice is, is changing for some reason right now. On the topic of, like, tan lines and tans, my mom, like, it's so interesting to see her, since, like, everyone out here is like, oh, let's go get a tan, I Mm want to fix my tan lines, let's go tanning in the beach. My mom will, like, avoid the sun so she doesn't get tan, and I'll be like, wait, why are you running to the uh, grocery store? And she'll be like, it's so sunny, I don't want to get tan. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so, so interesting, because, like, uh, coming from India, their beauty standard is um, fair skin, and they even have products called fair and lovely that are like um marketed by these uh huge bollywood celebrities like katrina kaif uh sonam kapoor who have like pale skin so then like people look up to this beauty standard and like it's a super popular product to just get uh face whitening creams and that's kind of it's kind of fucked up yeah yeah especially like the amount of, like, variety that's there in India with skin color, um, like, the amount of people who, like, probably feel bogged down because of these beauty standards just pushing fair skin. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And my mom's also somewhat similar to that in that she doesn't like going out in the sun, 
and doesn't like the idea of getting tan and oh no you, you you you're getting tan and darker and everything but it doesn't even make any sense yeah it's weird like how much like beauty standards dictate like just naturally occurring skin color yeah and just like going outside and having fun and yeah. just frolicking out without worrying about becoming darker or anything yeah and it's kind of like isn't it wasn't it started by like how um like in the old times in India, like, the lower caste systems would be, like, out in the fields working, and that's why oh. they would be more tan, and then, like... So it's, like, a status symbol, like, haha, I don't have to work in the sun like you do, that type of deal? Pretty much, I think, yeah. And they still have those caste systems oh. in India, so... That's really interesting. Things to think about. Rough. Things to think about. Harumph. Harumph. Aren't we supposed to be talking about alt-right YouTube, right? When we we didn't even mention that in the beginning, but that oh, was yeah. our original intention. Which I don't have maybe, that much experience there. Maybe next episode, it's okay, a whole okay. rabbit hole. That's fine. Yeah, but this can be just us, us flowing, us yeah, going. Yeah, just flowing. I'm just so surviving. pissed off about being an adult version and being an adult <laughs> human being, just in general. And also, I, I think I might be having anger issues recently, because I've been yelling at people. Oh, really? I, I'll just, like, get pissed off and just start screaming at them, and they'll just be like, what the uh, fuck? Wait, I was wondering, like, you were telling me you yell at people a lot. Like, who are you yelling at? Like, well, little children? Well, okay, so I yelled, so when I say I yell a lot, I yell at two people, which oh. is more than I have in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's because you're such a, like, calm person, mm-hmm. like, in general, so, like, it's just weird to show any aggression. Yeah, the first time people. was when I was driving behind my friend, and she was, like, being a shitty driver. It was Jan, actually. <laughs> Let's just throw her under Jan. the bus. And I, I was, like, Sorry, Jan. I was, like, just, like, I wasn't angry at her. I just felt, like, a lot of anxiety from being there, and so once she pulled up, I just started screaming at her for, like, a full 45 seconds, which is really weird for me. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't, like, angry, but I just felt, like, so much so much feeling and emotion that I needed to get out so I yelled and then the the next day was my birthday and I just yelled at my my, my mother oh. for a while and she yelled at me and so we were just screaming at each other for like seven hours it was my birthday too but that's okay and then whenever I'm like driving and a fun song comes on I'll just like yell at the top of my lungs and it's so cathartic yeah but that's awesome that's so much fun just yelling at the top of your lungs to a song while driving I want to experience that just alone and mm-hmm. getting all my having a full-on song and dance party and road rage is normal like usually yeah like the teens that i've driven with like i've seen sides of them i've never seen before when they're driving (laughs) they're people who like are so calm and like never swear just like go like get out of my fucking fucking way (laughs) dumb bitch you fucking cunt like yeah because it brings out like that primal part of you and it's like eat or be eaten (laughs) you have to be aggressive and like know where you're going otherwise somebody's gonna come along and kill you oh god and like all these stupid people on the roads and my dad was telling me you know rachel all those stupid people you find like navigating throughout your life they all have driver's license and they're all on the road and just like the idea of the stupidest people that you know are going to be on the road making driving decisions that could affect your life Oh God. It messes with your head. I don't even have my license yet. I could be one. I'm going to be the next <laughs> stupid person on the road. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, like, went to drive for the first time in months, mm-hmm. two days ago. And How I drove that? for a good hour. It was only in my neighborhood, too. <laughs> I didn't fair. even get onto the real road. I need to get onto the real roads and experience this primal, primal <laughs> urge you think about. Yeah. <laughs> Feel the rush. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the adrenaline rush. 
Yeah, but it stresses you out whenever you do make a mistake. I notice that whenever I make a mistake, I'm thinking about it for like the next week. But I'll, whenever my parents or like a family friend or something that I'm driving with makes a mistake, they're just like, oopsies, and they carry on with their lives. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because they're old or whatnot, but I, I just, I have to ruminate and I have to reflect. I have to put myself through that self-torture of knowing I made a mistake, I almost killed somebody or not, but it doesn't matter. I just, I need to be responsible and feel these negative feelings as a punishment for myself. I just spit, I'm so sorry. But, yeah. You just get in your head about it, whereas, like, your mom would be like, eh, it's fine. It's whatever. That's because she's she's lived a life. She's made so many of these mistakes. She's she's been in your shoes before Mm -hmm. as an anxious little adult, newly adult driver. Oh god. I need to sh- I need to work on that getting in my head about things. Mm-hmm. I need to think like your mom when she makes a driving mistake. Oopsies. Whoopsies. Exactly. That should be our motto to like whoopsies. <laughs> Just carry on without a care in the world. Yeah, because our English teacher recently, he's so great. He was you you were going to him with your letter that you wanted to send to a college, and mm. um, you were at saying, this part of the letter is uh, kind of irrelevant. Should I even include it? And he was like, people are dying. Everything's irrelevant. <laughs> Do what you want. And that should be our approach. Exactly. Like, there was so much suffering and so much opportunity lost. And oh, it's the popo. So the we popo. just got to make the best of what we have. Exactly, and when we like think it's the end of the world and something's just consuming our heads, we should just go to. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Yeah. Everything's irrelevant. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna matter in five years or ten years or anything. God no. In two hundred years, nobody's gonna even remember who I was or anything I did or anything I cared about. So it's irrelevant. Oh my God, the universe, so big. Mm-hmm. And then, um. Like, your psyche, what, what what do you usually think about, like, when you wake up in the mornings? <laughs> what's usually going through your head? Usually, it's like, oh my god, I'm so fucking tired, or <laughs> something really? stupid like that. But what I found out, because, like, during the pandemic, I, so I'm a person that has, like, both, like, my internal monologue thoughts, just, like, how people talk and stuff, and also, like, some more abstract thoughts, and, like, the, the more I, I would, the more I just sort of rotted in my bedroom, the more abstract my thoughts became. I think, and, like, the less vivid internal monologue that I had, and so when I started going back to real school, my internal monologue started becoming more, more complex, and it's just, just making that observation of the way that I think, just, like, rotting in my room or going out into the real world, it it really made me think. How do you think? Yeah. Quarantining gave us way too much time to think. I was thinking, like, what occupies my psyche? Like, when I'm just, like, walking around, when I'm waking up in the morning, Mm -hmm. getting up to brush my teeth, like, what am I thinking about? And it's usually, like, sometimes it's, like, if I'm, it's, if it's during a stressful time with school, it'll be, like, some anxieties, like, oh, I gotta finish this IA, gotta Mm. structure my day, so I, like, actually sit down and do it, uh, hopefully I don't procrastinate today, and, um, other times it's, like, like, religious inner turmoil, like, how this universe was created, oh yeah, so much anxiety, and, like, my life decisions, and... That's your default? (laughs) Yeah. You wake up in the morning, that's the first thing that you think about, and then whenever, Sometimes, or, no, usually it's my boyfriend, and and then I think about, like, (laughs) how this universe was created, and what happens when we die, (laughs) 
Why is, why is your default so deep, man? I just, I'm just like, I'm so fucking tired. But you're over here contemplating the universe. What? No, but that's usually my default. Because it's like always there. You know, I came from, like, before I got here, I took an Arabic class with my Islamic studies teacher who teaches me about the way of Islam and the way to, to live life mm-hmm. and how, like, this life, like, is nothing and it's just, like, just a test so you get into heaven. Oh, wow. And it's just so much to think about because then that leaves you no room to... She tells... She was like... T- she told me when she saw a piano in my house, she was like, oh, music is haram. You can't learn music. That's what? the work of the shaitan. That's so weird. And like, so like, you can't do anything. You can't... And the amount of time she's been like, oh, like, you never get close to Xena or fornication. <laughs> fornication is the worst thing you can do. Second to murder. Oh my not believing. Yeah. Damn. Wow, that's rough. Well, I mean, if I were in your situation, I'd probably be thinking a lot about that, too. So I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. Um, I don't know. With all disrespect, that sounds like it's full of shit, but you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. Lots to think about. Mm-hmm. Lots to think about. It's like, hmm. Because, like, especially, we were talking about with some of our other friends, like, organized religion. Mm-hmm. Like, another Muslim that I know who's who, like, reads the Quran every day, and he has, like, half of the um, Quran memorized. He talks about how sometimes he feels like he's living a double life. Mm, that would make sense. Because of all of his, because of, like, who he is and his life decisions and his, like approach his experiences mm-hmm. and yeah do you, do you also want to live that double life i feel like there's huh? gonna be a lot of like a lot of struggle that you have though with that type of dissonance and having those separate and, identities and, and trying to and have them all together i don't want to like live a double life i feel like that's too much stress oh, i mean if your default is the way it is right now I, <laughs> that kind of is a double life. You're, you're you're already in a lot of stress it sounds like <laughs> I don't even know because it's like problems like I'm creating myself like our biology teacher once he was just talking about like religion and he was like talking about church and he was saying oh my family uh we just raised our kids without religion and I think about like um how they probably like don't have these stresses about like whether they're meeting their expectations or like whether they're living the right way because Mm -hmm. they're just born into this system where there's not like this religious like structure set like guiding their life yeah like from the get-go that's really interesting to think about and like i don't know i feel like most people who grow up religious always question their religion and then either either stick with it or leave and i feel like they don't question it for for too long mm-hmm. or at least like by the time they're like in their 20s they have a good idea of how much they want to adhere to the one that they grew up in but then again mm-hmm. i don't know that many people and you had your own experiences with it, with being super devoted and then leaving. Yeah. But I, like, I, I feel like I got into it, like, myself and became super devoted because I thought mm. that that was, like, righteous. Because I didn't really have that many people who who told me that, like, the way to live so much is that you should adhere to some Adventist rules. And, like, here's the resources, do it. And not so much, like, people preaching to me, oh, don't eat. Well, actually, that's kind of a lie. I guess there were people who were telling me not to eat meat and, like, not not mm. fool around and stuff like that. Mm. But I don't think... It was not at the that severe level. Nobody was telling me don't fornicate yet. So I, I feel bad for you there. As an eight-year-old. Uh, yeah, nobody told me that. Don't fornicate, Rachel. You'll yeah. go to hell. 
Yeah. We could go to hell. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, but also, like, maybe there's a way to, like, take, take the society we live in now, where it's, like, so, like, some of the things that are forbidden are gonna be inevitable. Like, mm-hmm. we live in a capitalist system where, like, you have to, like, you have to some in some ways be greedy and selfish yes. and and like that in itself is against like islam that like is being true. greedy and shooting like chasing the bag and yeah like i feel like you can't go your entire life without lying yeah and that in itself is a sin just and, ask for forgiveness potentially yeah so like you could still like be a part of the faith and believe in a higher power and believe in like the scripture but still like not be compl- not like avoid music yeah and, and you can like adopt the parts love. that you find are meaningful to you and valuable to you and adhere to your personal compass and adapt which parts you like and reject the ones you don't yeah like if you see like s- religious people in the media like Stephen Colbert will be like oh I'm a Catholic but I'm not very good at it mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll I, I, I personally like I think a lot about like the Muslims that I see and respect in the media like Dave Chappelle I fucking love Dave Chappelle best comedian ever same with Rami Youssef he has a TV show about like being a millennial Muslim and it's just so good. I recommend anyone to watch it. It's so well made. Such a good story and uh, such a niche topic, but like resonated with me a lot. Um, like how they live their lives. Like Dave Chappelle like smokes weed every show he does, <laughs> and that's very haram. But he's still like he's part of the faith because like he like he likes the community of. Uh, having these like religious mentors and like how passionate they are when they like give their prayer and like the values that he enjoys adhering to like that are in islam and celebrating the holidays and fasting and having that in the back of your head that's cool i don't know that much about dave Chappelle, but it sounds really cool yeah it is cool he doesn't talk about religion much in his stand-up comedy he mostly talks Mm. about like the world and the public sphere race issues like after the whole george floyd situation he like he released a short little special he's a bunch of good uh netflix specials where he talks about like social issues race uh, cancel culture Mm. very good yeah top comedian i remember there was some controversy a while back but yeah there wasn't paying that much attention yeah there is controversy about some of his uh harsher jokes hmm yeah he is very old he's really doing comedy for a while yeah the Chappelle show was like when he was a kid dang I feel like you have to be have so much energy to like constantly generate so much comedic material to have like shows going on so often oh yeah like you have to love it and the thing Mm. about Dave Chappelle is like he doesn't really like prepare like uh, a monologue like a John Mulaney style monologue he kind of like just gets on a stage and talks and he's (laughs) so confident like comedians have to be such confident people Mm -hmm. because there's so much like there's so much that's terrifying about getting on a stage and not making people laugh and just bombing yeah Yeah, and like every comedian has to experience it like even if even the best comedians yeah. Oh, that would just devastate me, I think. Yeah. It's just some art you have to master. Because I feel like part of, com- like, being a stand-up comedian is you have to, like, get the audience comfortable with you oh, and, like, yeah. to respect you. And you just have to come off as so confident. And Dave Chappelle does that successfully. Tired. 
But there's also other people who are in comedy who kind of do the opposite. They do, like, cringe comedy, awkward. They, like, f- they I feed hate. off the awkwardness. I love I it. it. I no, love it I so much. It. Like, no. it's, like, dry humor. I l- fucking love it. No. Like, Nathan Fielder. Is Everyone that... go watch Nathan for you. Is he like, an actor? He's He has a show called Nathan for You. That's his main okay. thing. Mm-hmm. He's also a comedian. He writes stuff. But Nathan for You, it's cringe comedy there's nothing else like it you have to go watch it he kind of plays a character where he's just awkward i don't know i i can't put it into words okay i need to watch this show I, I, I feel like it's like a comedy show except like the office where it like just like plays off no. the awkwardness it's no? nothing like okay. the office no it's like it's cringe comedy like it plays off the awkwardness but it's nothing like the office okay. it's like real everything that happens in that show is real real mm-hmm. people he's dealing with he's gotta watch nathan for you mm. one of the best things i ever came across i'll think about it you've gotta watch nathan for you or like clips of it it's it's insane connor york has watched it really yeah <laughs> that's the only other person i know who's watched it uh. and then there's also the eric andre show he's very well known for cringe comedy he like hmm. gets he makes fun of the whole typical talk show shtick where like it's like Hey Jennifer Aniston, uh, tell us a story about your your husband. And he like plays off of it by like making all of his guests super uncomfortable oh, and having goodness. like this guy hanging from a ceiling shooting bow and arrows like half naked. <laughs> what? It's great content. I love it. I'll sign up for that. <laughs> it's so enjoyable. I want to see you in that. That's I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. People were talking about replacing Ellen with him with Eric Andre. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've, I've not paid attention to what happened to Ellen since <laughs> she got cancelled. Oh, that was that was terrible. Apparently, it was like Guantanamo Bay and the like behind in <laughs> the crew, and the cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was really bad. She's like an awful person. Yeah, and so strange. Her apology was even worse, though. Like just seeing everything. There's something so unsettling about like this whole internet thing, like Zoom screens, things mm-hmm. being virtual. It's just so off-putting, and, like, the audience of that Ellen apology video was, like, was that. They were all on screen, and it was just so creepy, just Aww. seeing people clap, but, like, not really clap. I don't... Oh, that sounds so bad. I what? It. And she, like, it was a half-assed apology. It was basically, like, her putting the blame on other people, I re- from what I remember. Man, that's terrible. Yeah. If my, my my mom meets someone who's, like, lesbian, she'll be like, is she like Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, That's a funny. guy who's gay, yeah, is <laughs> questionable. Yeah. My mom always thinks that gay guys are always very obviously gay, and then she just doesn't like lesbians. <laughs> Sometimes, like, in the past, like, when she saw, like, a gay guy, like, hug me or, like, be like, oh my god, I lo-, or, like, compliment me, she's been like, oh, he's the other thing, right? Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, she'll refer to it as the other thing. That's really interesting. I kind of like that, though. The other thing. Really? It's very casual. Just, the oh, other the thing? Other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> she could just be like, is he gay? Yeah. I feel like like gay and lesbian have become like like bad words sometimes for some people. Like, they don't want to say it because it's like, like stained for them. Gay. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. But... Yeah, that is, that is sad. But what can you do? What can you do? Maybe we should replace it with the other thing and Ellen, like yeah. my mom. Like my mom. Maybe my mom is a revolutionary. She's. She, Are she's, you Ellen? <laughs> Are you Ellen? Are you both? Are you Ellen and the other thing? 
<laughs> you just like walk up to somebody and say, "Are you the other thing?" And then just swing. <laughs> Are you the other? Thing? Oh my goodness! And then there's like the whole music title thing where uh, on TikTok, where if um, someone sees a pretty girl that they're into on TikTok, they'll be like, "Do you listen to Lady in Red?" And that's like, Lady "Are you in Red? Are you into girls? Girl in Red? A girl in Red?" <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Girl in red. I'll be, I'll yeah. be like, are you into girls? And then, uh, are you into sweater 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 weather? weather. Yeah. That's if you're bi. Yeah. And then everybody talks as if you're pan. Oh, interesting. I didn't know about the everybody talks one. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> the whole LGBT discography. And then if you're straight, it's just like Sweet Home Alabama or something like that. Sweet Home Alabama. If you're into incest. <laughs> I didn't... Okay, I think that's a good stopping point. Really? For this episode. <laughs> incest is where we're stopping? That's where we ended, like, one of the other ones. Okay, that was like, um, neutering everyone, I think. Which... Neutering everyone? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, neuter everyone. No need for people to reproduce. No more. We've found a good stopping place. No more. Yeah. No more reprodu- no more reproducing. Especially for you. The dogs can take over. Mm-hmm. Or the pigs or something. Yeah. Oh, both of those are forbidden in my religion. I can't eat pigs, which I'm fine with. I don't care. And you can't eat dogs? No, I can't, like, t- it's, like, kind of forbidden to touch dogs. Oh. But, like, pe- Muslims still, like, keep dogs as pets mm-hmm. unless they're devoted. Like, my Islamic teacher says, like, don't, if you see a dog, don't touch them. Wow, that's but interesting. But they're dogs. But also, like, sometimes I justified in my head, like... In today's world, like, in when this, these scriptures were written, like, it was impossible to, like, sh- bathe these animals regularly, mm-hmm. or, like, bathe yourself regularly, so uh, everything was, like, unhygienic, but now everything's clean, everything's yeah. okay, things can touch each other. Yeah, things can touch each other. That's a good way to think about it. I think that's a good stopping yeah. point. So, um, to all of our listeners, please remember to, to touch each other. And... Not now, we're in a pandemic. Oh, right, sorry, my bad. Um, eventually, touch each other. Unless you guys are, like, super close, then it's okay. And if you guys are vaccinated? Maybe. Are you gonna Maybe. get vaccinated soon? I don't know. My grandma can't even get vaccinated right now. And she's like, but I don't, I don't know if she wants to. She's, like, really hesitant, but I don't know. We're trying to persuade her to get, um, to get on, like, the waiting list and stuff. Um, yeah, so that was Media <laughs> that Monthly. That concludes our episode. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.